if I connect all the letters together, you can't tell if I misspell anything, similar to why I write so microscopically small. Why membership matters. That's what we're going to be talking about. Church membership. And let me uh, clarify it by saying formal church membership. Why does it matter to be a member at a church, um, your local assembly of believers? We're going to be in various places. Um, one of them is going to be 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13, um, but we're going to be in various places in Scripture, but the first place we're going to be in is 1 Corinthians 12, so you can turn there. But before we begin, let's um, pray. Dear God in heaven, we thank you for allowing us to gather again together in this local expression of your body. We thank you that um, we get to call upon you as Father in Christ Jesus alone, and we pray that we would glorify you. And I pray that our thinking would be uh, even reformed and renewed right now, and we'd appreciate uh, membership even more for the things that we talk about today. Amen. Um, People don't like commitment these days, right? Uh, commitment is hard to come by. Uh, there is even a fear, a phobia out there in the world of uh, called fear of commitment, right? People don't like to commit to things, whether that's a dating relationship or whether that's a subscription on Amazon. Actually, we love subscriptions on Amazon, don't we? But we do not like long-term commitments for various reasons. And church membership is especially unliked today. People do not like to be formal members of church. I had a conversation with a neighbor of mine who says he doesn't like church membership. He likes being a Christian, but he doesn't like church membership. Now, why? Why is church membership a, you know, so to speak, bad word today in uh, spiritual or Christian circles? Well, there's various reasons for it. I just jotted down a few Um, Let me give you a few reasons why membership isn't liked today. Um, One reason is uh, we don't like unity of mind. Membership requires a bit of unity of mind. We have maybe disagreements with various areas of doctrine, with church leadership, and so we don't want to put ourselves under the authority of those that we don't totally uh, disagree with. Or how about this? Uh, We... We don't see it commanded anywhere in the New Testament. This is a reason you often hear, right? I don't see any commands telling me that I need to enter my name on a list of names um, that uh, attaches me to a local congregation, and therefore I shouldn't do it. Uh, we don't like commitment in general, uh, but we especially don't like commitment to the 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 kinds of churches that we see today. We see a lot of weak churches. We see a lot of weak leaders in churches, and we don't want to commit ourselves and and put ourselves under the authority of such weak churches like that today. We don't like commitment. How about this? We don't want to be held accountable. We don't like accountability. Maybe that's why we don't like um, church membership. We recognize that we're sinners and we don't want people in our lives that will remind us that we're sinners. And the, the less we can be associated with those people, the better. Or maybe, maybe this is a reason why church uh, membership is a bad word today. Uh, we don't like the feeling of dependency. And maybe that isn't a reason that you've heard. But think about it, right? Church membership 
implies that there is significance in belonging to this group of people and and we're dependent on that in a sense and and we don't like to feel dependent or in need of that i don't need to belong to this church i am a member of the universal church and i don't need to i don't need this local body of believers to survive in this world that we live in so let's talk about it first let's talk uh number 1 uh, number one point, I'm going to have two points for you. First off, what do members do? Uh, what do members, church members, do? All right, so um, if you are ever in a baptism interview with me, this might be a question that I ask you. So what? what is, what's so important about membership, but what do members do? Let's just list off a few things. What, what makes a member a member? Can anybody just list off a few um, things that members do? Yes. Right out of a baptism interview, so she's really sharp. Yes. They place themselves under leadership. taking the most fun one for the other. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, we're going to... This is always the one where I get people. They submit. Not with one, with one T, right? Submit. Okay, submit. Any others? Yes, Drew. They serve the church. Serve. All right, there we go. Hey, do I see? Do I see alliteration here? Serve. They serve the church, right? Yes. Show up. They show up. <laughs> yes. All right. They show up. There we go. They show up. What else do members do? Preferably with an S. Yes. They support. All right. There we go. All right. All right. I'm sorry, that one. I I didn't plan a route, so it got short really fast. Yes, Drew. They love the church. They They have special affection affection towards the church. They They show up. up. That's also showing and serving. I I could, yes. any, Any other options? Yes. They sign up for activities. They sign up. They, 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 they serve, they sign up, but because it's an S, I'll actually write it down. All right. They sign up for things. Uh, yes. They can accurately tell the gospel. I don't know how you're going to get that. They can, they, they share the gospel. Okay. All right. This is testing. Uh, we'll just say share. All right. Uh, but because that's also what they do. They share. That's what fellowship means. Koinonia. I share my things with you. Yes. They sacrifice. Yeah, a little on the nose. Okay, sorry. No, that's right. That's true. That's true. I, yeah, let's do that. So, actually, I like that a lot. Uh, let's see. <laughs> sorry, I was. I was. I'll, I'll blame it on Addie. I was listening to Addie. Oh, no, wait. It wasn't Addie. Was it Addie or was it Emma? They drew a bear. Okay, Drew, what did you say? What did you say? Um, they bear one another's burdens. They bear one another's burdens. We'll say that is share. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. They suffer together. They suffer together. That is also called sharing. <laughs> um, anything else? Any, any others? Any others? Let me try this again. Sacrifice. Right? Uh, so Romans 12, 1, right? All right. What does Romans 12, 1 say? Uh, therefore, because of the mercies of God, brothers, 
uh, I exhort you to present your bodies as sac- a sacrifice, living and holy and pleasing to God, right? You, uh, you worship, right? Your whole life is a life of worship. So you can say that, yes. They strengthen each other. They strengthen each other. Once again, share. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, alliterations are terrible. Serena's always like, why do you alliterate? It, it, make, it makes less sense in the end, right? So, yeah, so now this means nothing. Okay, so, but yeah, so there's all sorts of things that they, they do. They uh, submit. That could also be referring to putting themselves under the word of God, right? They, weekly, they come and weekly hear the word of God. They, uh, they receive the ordinances. Uh, we don't call them uh, sacraments. We don't believe that they actually... Um, give special grace, but we say ordinances we do um, as, as a way to remember the truths of the gospel. So these are all things that members do. They give money. All, all, we could go on and on and on. Members do all sorts of things. Now, now, is formal membership required to do these things? Do you have to have your name like signed on the line and be... Um, be connected to a local church to do these things. Some people would say no. I would say yes. So let's talk about that really quick. Um, next, next point in my outline, and believe it or not, this is the longer one. Um, why does membership, we'll just shorten that to that, matter? Why does it matter? It seems as though I can do all of these things without being uh, directly connected. Why does membership matter? Let me give you uh, a list of reasons. I'm just not going to write them on the board for time's sake because I'm exhausted uh, from writing on this chalkboard. So, um, number one, membership matters because your baptism matters. Membership matters because your baptism matters. Now, that might not make a lot of sense to you, but let me explain myself. Once again, when I am doing a baptism interview, and those of you that have been through baptism interviews with me probably know exactly where I'm going with this, I'll ask you a question. I say, are you sure Are you sure you are ready for baptism? And the person will say, oh, yes, of course I'm ready for baptism. That's why I'm here. And then I'll do a follow-up question. Really? Are you sure you are ready to be a member of our church? And they're like, a member of the church? What does that have to do with baptism? I just want to obey Jesus and be baptized. Why do we have to bring membership into this? And then I'll say, actually, it has everything to do with your baptism. And for this, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 and 13. Your baptism... Your baptism is very significant. Matter of fact, your membership matters because of your baptism. Look at how the Apostle Paul talks about membership and baptism together. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, he says, Even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For also by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. We talked about this last week with baptism, right? Baptism is a, a kind of a pointing backwards. It is a remembering of the, 
the, the spiritual baptism that has happened to us. It is, it, is a, it is a statement, a public statement saying, I have been baptized with the Spirit. I have been immersed into Christ Jesus. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives inside of me because I am connected to Christ. I, I choose to associate with Christ. I belong to Jesus and I want to belong to everyone who belongs to Jesus. That's what you're saying when you are baptized. When you are baptized, you are brought into Christ. But notice what it also says here. You are brought into Christ in, in a way that brings you into everyone that's been brought into Christ. You are brought into Christ's body. Notice baptism into one body in verse 13. Notice the implication here is that membership matters because baptism matters. Baptism is pointing you to your membership of the body of Christ, right? And, and that is why membership matters. Matter of fact, we could say it like this. Uh, the less you act like a member of the local church, the more you invalidate the confession you made of of being a true Christian, right? The, the less of a member you are, uh, the more the likelihood is that you're not really a believer. You're not really a part of Christ. You're not really in Christ because by your baptism you were brought into a relationship with Jesus and with everybody that belongs to Jesus. Does that make sense, right? Your baptism actually is very significant. It's very connected to membership. It's, it is, I have been brought into Christ, and as a result, I am brought into a relationship, for better or for worse, with everybody else that is brought into Christ, right? Your baptism matters. That's number one reason why membership matters, is because this is the purpose of baptism. You've been brought into Christ, and, and once again, that's why we do baptism in the local church, because we see it as a kind of a, uh, kind of a, a beginning mark or a beginning rite of, of belonging to the church, right? This is, this is you going public saying, I belong to Christ, and I want to be a member of this church in the same sentence, right? That is what ma- uh, baptism does, and that's why membership matters. Let's look at a second reason why membership matters. So I, I'm sorry, I just want to make sure you're tracking with me. Let's, let's also look at the New Testament example. I would say to you that membership matters because the New Testament example should matter to you. You should look at the New Testament and say, wow, I see an example of church membership played out again and again and again. We see the early church just in, instinctively together, right? Uh, Acts 2, 2.42, right? They, they're just together forever. Uh, as soon as they are saved, they suddenly want to gather together. Notice, nobody's, nobody's coming to Jerusalem for Pentecost. They're coming from outside of Jerusalem. They come to Jerusalem, and, they, and Peter preaches a message. They get amazingly saved, and nobody's just going back home as though nothing has changed. No, everybody. In fact, many sell their property and choose to stay in Jerusalem with the local church because membership to Christ's body matters. Matter of fact, there is evidence, and you see this in many of the letters, like in, in Acts 18.27 or Romans 16.1 or Colossians 4.10, there's evidence that if you ever had to move from one location to another location, you would bring with you this 
thing called letters of recommendation, which is basically one church saying, this is truly a believer, please welcome them as you would a believer, right? So you don't have to start from grand zero with this church. They know that you are a believer, right? That is how much membership mattered. You actually carried letters of recommendation with you. And then another thing we see in the New Testament, we just see this assumption of membership in the New Testament example as well, right? All of the New Testament letters are written to churches, or they're written to someone who is in charge of churches or a church. Matter of fact, there is this implication in the letters of Timothy, Titus, um, um, and even Philemon that the rest of the church is reading in on this letter, and they're going to kind of hold these leaders to account for hearing this letter, right? There is this assumption in the New Testament that you will belong to a local church. And can I say it this way? Jesus assumes through the inspired word that we have, that you will be a member of a church. Matter of fact, the New Testament commands that we see in the letters only really, only really apply to you as you are a member of the local church. You can't really do or obey the New Testament commands outside of the local church. They're, they're, they're mainly commanded to people who are in a local community and a local believer. So, right the New Testament example, I would argue, matters, right? This is how church was done in the New Testament, and why should we assume that we are different or that we are better? Let's give another reason why membership matters. Number three, I forgot it. No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, You may refer to it as sharing, uh, but let's talk about fellowship. Uh, I'm so tall. And this board is so short. All right. Uh, fellowship matters. Now, I, I went back and forth over to how to, to kind, of, kind of summarize this point that I'm about to make in, in a title. We, we, could say, we could say obedience matters. We, we could say um, mutual encouragement matters. And you could even say that hardships matter. That's why membership matters. But let's summarize all of this with the word fellowship. Because fellowship matters. That's why membership matters. Turn in your Bible to 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4. Why did the early church drop everything to be together? And why was it so important for them to be together on almost a daily basis in the beginning and, and as on a weekly basis as the church grew and grew and grew? Why was this so important? Well, because, because there were hardships that were instantly theirs because they belonged to Christ. Suddenly, friendships that used to be friendships, communities that used to be communities, families that used to be families, were now enemies. And hardships were real, and you needed a new family. And fellowship and sharing was important. And before I just read this verse in First Peter 4, just think about the context of this letter. The context of 1 Peter is Peter basically telling these churches in Asia Minor, hardships are coming. Persecution is coming because you are connected to Christ. Are you ready? Get ready to suffer for Jesus. Now, instantly in your mind, what would you think, uh, what would be your main application if you knew that suffering was coming because you're connected to Jesus? Your mind would say, okay, social distancing 
I don't want to suffer. I don't want anybody to know I'm a Christian, right? I want to just hunker down and endure, endure this fiery trial that's coming to me. And is that what we see in 1 Peter? No. Peter says suffering is coming, and what does he do in application? When he moves to application, what does he say? 1 Peter 4, verse 7. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be of sound thinking and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks as one speaking the oracles of God, whoever serves as one serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and might forever and ever. Amen. What do you do? What is the application when you know suffering is coming? You lean in to the local church. You share in one another's sufferings. That is how you endure suffering. And if I could also add, that is how you can be all that Christ calls you, commands you to be. You need the church and the grace that you receive through the church. Do you see it there in First Peter uh, 4.10, right? You need the grace given to you by God from other people in the church to be all that God calls you to be when hardships happen. Because fellowship matters. You need the service of the church. You need to be serving others, and you also need to receive service. You need hospitality. You need gifts. You need fervent love. You, You need prayer in your life. You need the local fellowship of the church. That is why membership matters. And fellowship matters. Uh, turn back over, if you can, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, 20, 12 uh, 26. Notice, notice this. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says this. And once again, this is in that context of being a part of the body of Christ and being a member of Christ and a member of the body. And notice Paul instantly starts talking about how we're all connected to each other, and he uses this illustration of a body, and he says, because we are members, in verse 26, if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. There is this interconnectivity that we feel by belonging to each other that helps us. And if, if anybody says, hey, you know, I don't need anybody else in my life. I'm, I'm totally great. I'm a Lone Ranger Christian, right? I'm Han Solo of the spiritual realm. I, I don't need other people in my life to be all that Christ has commanded me to be. You are actually very arrogant and you're actually very proud. And you're actually saying how Christ has arranged the church is something that I do not need. Because notice 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11 uh, One in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. The arrangement of the church is according to Christ's will and wisdom. And you're saying, I don't need Christ's will and wisdom in my life. Notice this. It it, it matters because fellowship matters. And Jesus has arranged the church to need one another and to share in suffering with one another. And that is how you actually... Um, become all that Christ has called you to be. Now, once again, maybe you're saying to yourself, okay, I get all of these points, but I still don't get how this requires me to formally join 
in membership with the local church. I don't see why uh, these things require me to stand up there on the podium every you know six months or so and you know commit myself to this local church and do this membership covenant, which sounds Old Testament to me. I don't understand why these things mean that. Why can't I just be a part of the local church and never really commit? Let's let's talk about a few other areas. Uh, membership matters number four. Sorry, too tall, because, we'll say this, leadership matters. Leaderships. All right, you got it. Uh, Leadership matters. Membership matters because church leadership matters. Now, once again, we could go to Ephesians 4 and we could talk about how um, leadership in the church is a gift from Christ. But what I just want to point out is, is in places like 1 Peter 5 or Hebrews 13, we see this emphasis of, you know, leaders are to care for the flock of God that is among them, as we see in 1 Peter 5. Or in Hebrews 13, uh, the writer there says, you know, submit to your leaders and obey them. Uh, make leading a joy for them and not a groaning. Uh, But notice this, leadership responsibility, and notice leaders are given a lot of responsibility in the New Testament, but leadership responsibility implies that they know who they are leading. And it it, it implies there's, 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 there's this grave and heavy significance to leading the church of God, and there's going to be a greater accountability for those who are in leadership of the church of God. And why would you ever think that, hey, man, they're going to be strictly judged for how they shepherd the flock of God, but I shouldn't do them any courtesy by indicating who their flock is? Why would you ever suggest that, right? It is implied that leaders know who they're supposed to be leading. Or to say it this way, I treat all of you a lot differently than I treat anybody just wandering off in and off the street. Why? Because I know that I am called to be your shepherd. And I know that because you have committed to be here, either you or your family has, right? And so I take much greater care with how I interact with you, not because I don't care for people that come in off the street, but I I see myself as more responsible for how I interact and lead you. Leadership matters, and you should submit yourself under them so that it's a joy and not a burden, right? There, there's this implication that, that I should know who I'm leading. If you guys are just kind of like, I'll just come when I want to come, and I'll never tell David that I'm really committing to summer camp or anything like that, it'll make it a groaning for me, and I won't really know who I'm leading. Leadership matters. Let's talk about another thing that's connected to leadership. Uh, number five. So tall. Uh, let's say... Church disco. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna summarize it with discipline. Uh, church discipline matters. Church discipline matters. Now now count on it. You you can see a connection between the people who you know care about baptism, pursue it soberly. Those people who care about church membership and pursue it soberly, and those people who care about the purity of the church and pursue it soberly. Right. There is a connection between those people. Um, Church membership implies a seriousness to it. 
It implies a sense that, hey, we want to be pure as Christ is pure, and we want to be held to account if we are ever wandering from the truth, right? That is why I want to be a member of a church. I want people to be, you know, knowing me, and so they see when I go off the rails and they correct me, right? Church discipline matters, but there's this implication in places like Matthew 18 where we see uh, discipline happen. What is this implication? There's an implication that you can be disciplined out of a known group. And, and where you can't just come back in. It's, you are known to this group, and by discipline, you are cast outside of this group. And that is a painful experience for those people who are being disciplined and those people who are disciplined because, once again, to be a Christian means you are a member of the body of Christ. And to be detached from that is, is something wrong and, and strange, and this is, why, this is why it usually results in repentance, right? But, but discipline... Matters. Church discipline matters, right? If we're, if we're not disciplining you out of anything, then what are we doing, right? Church discipline matters. Let's talk about one more thing. Number six here. Uh, oops. I'm going to teach you guys some Greek. Uh, God's glory. Finally, God's glory matters. God's, that's an R. Uh, they're right there. God's glory matters. Now turn over to Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, and notice how Paul refers to membership here. Of course, the the context is Paul is praying that the Ephesian believers would have spiritual strength to understand all of the glories that are theirs in Christ Jesus so that they may walk in a manner worthy of all of those glories and, and trusting and relying in the grace that they received from Christ Jesus. But that is the context of the prayer that Paul is praying right now. I pray that you would have minds to understand all that are yours in Christ Jesus so that you can walk worthy. And notice one of the things that he mentions. Ephesians 1, verse 22, talking about Christ. And he, the Father, has put all things in subjection under his feet, that's Christ's feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Notice this, the local church, the visible church, is meant to be together, meant to be known, meant to be seen, so that God's glory can be shown, God's power can be shown, God's grace can be put on display through the local church. Matter of fact, in in another place, in Ephesians even, it talks about how God's glory is displayed through the local church to the rulers and authorities, principalities, and the whole entire angelic realm, right? God is on mission to get glory from you in the local community and the local church in the angelic realm. God's glory is on display through him who fills all things, being the head of the body and the whole body being united under him. Or we could turn over to Romans. Turn over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 basically is saying that the gospel and the grace that comes with the gospel turns us into living sacrifices. Sacrifices that are ongoing, living, continually displaying the worth and the worship of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. 
But then notice the context here. Because you have been saved in Christ Jesus, you've also been given grace, verse 3, to be members in Christ's body. Once again, the gospel and the grace that comes with it shows itself off, shows God's glory through your membership with one another. And then in verses 9 through 13, and then verses 14 through 21, we see how your relationships with other people, particularly your relationships inside the church, are transformed through the gospel and the grace that comes through it. Notice, once again, God is after glory to show how his gospel transforms your living with other people, right? You, you no longer live like the world lives, but you now live transformed and renewed in mind. Verse 9, notice how transforming this life is. Let love be without hypocrisy. Or verse 10, being devoted to one another in brotherly love, giving preference to one another in honor. Verse 11, not lagging behind in diligent, being fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in affliction, being devoted in prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, pursuing hospitality. Once again, we've got a church fellowship that's been transformed by the glory of the gospel and being renewed in the spirit of their minds. They are continually being transformed and this shows God's glory in the gospel, doesn't it? And notice also, it shows how you are not conformed anymore to the world. You, in verse 14, bless those who persecute you. You bless and you do not curse. You rejoice with those who rejoice and you weep with those who weep. You, by being of the same mind towards one another, are not haughty in mind, but associate with the humble. And you're not wise in your own mind. You're not, verse 17, paying back evil to anyone, but you're respecting what is good in the sight of all people. If possible, as far as it depends on you, you are pursuing peace with all people. And verse 19 and 20 and 21 are saying you do not take revenge. That, once again, is displaying the glory of the gospel. But you only do that through relationship in a local known church. You display God's glory. I mean, I've said this before, right? Anybody can love the universal church. It's easy. I I love the universal church. The universal church never calls me on my sin. It never challenges me. I never have to share any of my stuff with the universal church, right? It's very easy to love the universal church, but the local church is really what shows the transforming grace of the gospel. Now, once again, just to summarize, back to this board, all of these things that members do are great, but but when do these things that members do matter? Well, they matter when you are committed to one another in a sacrificial relationship, showing relationship. And you're saying, I am choosing to belong to this local expression of the body of Christ. Yes, it begins It begins with baptism, but then you're continually expressing it. These things matter more when you are committed to the local body of believers. They, they matter more when you're saying, you know, I'm... I'm going to continue to serve this church even when they aren't giving me what I want necessarily every single week. I am once again displaying the glory of God through the grace of the gospel in local church membership. Those are the six reasons why I thought of for why membership matters. It's very significant, very important. And once again, the biggest thing is it's just displaying and it's for God's glory.
Uh, let's pray. Dear God in heaven, we thank you for this morning that you've given us. Thank you for the blessing of being able to gather together locally and, and know one another and be known and share in one another's burdens and not be alone in this world, but be um, bearers together of the image of your son, Jesus Christ. I pray that you would give us an affection for this local body and you'd give us greater wisdom to serve in this local body. We pray this all in your son, Jesus' name. Amen.